Hear ye, hear ye, all gather to hear Master Joe. From this point forward, we are going to call them Bridgewater. You know what we oh, call 20 it. years around here? We call it Two Gruden. Nobody cares about fantasy, Sean. Nobody. Yeah. They won the game they needed to win. Greg Williams should never step foot in an NFL locker room. You good? You got it all up? It's grow and grow and grow. It's reps and reps and reps. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, just throw and throw and throw and throw. Terrible, terrible, terrible defense. And we don't recognize boundaries in 2021. That has to make you happy as a Buffalo fan. I'm old, leave me alone. Because he's not a quarterback, so does those still count as QBS? Like, this is the best. They are not going to eat some W's, but they will definitely eat some L's. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds with a Z. I'm Joe Donald. If you can't tell, I'm a little under the weather, but you know what? That doesn't matter. I'm here, as I always am, on Monday nights with my good buddy, Sean Waller. Sean, how are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, you know, just uh, watch Duke lose in some agonizing fashion. Um, tough loss in Cameron. Uh, <sighs> so that's yeah, a good so night. That's- how dare you, sir? That's How a good night. You. We call that a victory here in Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> Listen, Sean, as much as much as people tune in for the Duke basketball updates on random Monday nights, they're here for football. And Sean, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of things to talk about in the world of the NFL. Uh, we are going to do our Super Bowl preview later in the week, so we are going to avoid that now. Of course, today was media day, so that, you know, all the uh, questions, you know, people doing the Zoom calls, things of that sort. But we have actual league news to get into. Some good, some not so good, some interesting. But let's get right into it, Sean. We had nine head coaching vacancies going into this offseason. And as of today, they have all been filled. Since we last recorded our podcast about Tom Brady and Brian Flores, the positions for the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Texans, and the Saints have been filled. Um, The Jaguars hired former Eagles coach Doug Peterson to be their head coach. Um, The Dolphins hired San Francisco offensive assistant Mike McDaniel. The Texans today uh, did a quick 180 off Josh McCown and basically promoted Lovey Smith from defensive coordinator and assistant head coach to head coach. And another promotion, the New Orleans Saints, promoted defensive coordinator Dennis Allen to the head coaching position. Um, if you don't know, of course, Lovey Smith is a minority black. This will be his third head coaching opportunity previously with the bears for a good period of time. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm, not so good there. Uh, Lovey did make it to a super bowl with the bears. So, you know, impressive resume. Um, Mike McDaniel is biracial or multiracial, I guess is being reported. Um, his father is black. I've seen online that this has been a point of, contention debate because if you look at Mike McDaniel he's very light-skinned like I honestly didn't know until it was reported apparently on some spaces not talked about where I'm at uh some black people are like is this guy really part of the club so that's a whole other discussion and of course uh, not one we are equipped to have at all not one (laughs) absolutely not that's we we can talk about it in a general term, but I have no interest yeah. in getting into the, the report says he's multiracial. Absolutely. He's multiracial. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, Doug Peterson and Dennis Allen away. So two of the last four coaching positions go to minorities. Uh, that equals two of the nine. Um, 
basically Brian Flores, his attorneys released a statement after Lovey Smith got the job because it basically came down to the final two. The Houston Texans were going for the second year in a row to have a black head coach, according to all reports, because Josh McCown was told he was out of the running and it came down between Brian Flores and Lovey Smith and Lovey Smith got the job. And Flores's attorneys basically released a statement saying that while they are happy that the Texans decided to hire a minority coach, that the only reason that it's not Brian Flores is because he's currently suing the league. <sighs> Again, I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, Sean, these four hires, which ones do you like? Which ones do you not like? And then we can talk about Goodell's uh, statement the other day in relation to some of this. I like the Lovey Smith hiring and the Dennis Allen signing hiring, like the promotions there, because those are the two adults in the room in those organizations. They're, they're going to do well. I think uh, Lovey Smith was down in college for a little bit too. Um, did well down there. Dennis Allen's been with the saints, what, like a decade or something like Hasn't he been there for a while? Uh, he's been with he's been with Sean Payton a while, yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, and he's what was he, the assistant head coach or assistant to the head coach? <laughs> I, believe, I believe so. Yeah, I believe he was the assistant head coach a lot. Well, yeah. he's the one who took over when Sean Payton uh missed oh, yeah. his game earlier in the season against uh Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I it those are good hires. Doug Peterson, we'll see. Um he's got Trevor Trevor Lawrence, so um mike mcdaniel i'm excited to see i know marcus said he's looking forward to it could be someone that uses Tua very well because mm-hmm. he worked with trey lance this year so we'll see what happens yeah again like looking at the looking at the coaching hires in general it was i don't know it was a lot of names that were like I don't want to say underwhelming, but a lot of unproven guys. I mean, you have Nathaniel Hackett, never called plays, you know, head coach of the Broncos now. Eberflus comes from the Colts. Okay, you know, decent defense, but not like a top three defense. You know, uh, Brian Dable, lots of experience in the coordinator position. Josh McDaniels, previous head coach. Doug Peterson, previous head coach. Lovey Smith, previous head coach. Dennis Allen, also a previous head coach. But again, like, McDaniels was a head coach for what, two years? I mean, Lovey Smith is really the one with the most full-time experience across the league. So again, while we saw the league definitely go younger, the GM hires, we did see it go kind of younger with the head coaching. Although I believe Lovey Smith is like in his 60s, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say Dennis Allen is probably in his 50s or 60s. So, you know, there's a nice mesh. Um, What I refer to with the Goodell letter is we talked about it on the last pod. Basically, the NFL released a statement two hours after the lawsuit was filed by Brian Flores and his attorneys, the class action lawsuit, I should say. Basically saying there's nothing wrong. Like there's there's no, you know, evidence. We're we're perfectly fine with the way everything is. Then they decided to wake up from their comas and release another statement. Roger Goodell himself said that the league has to do a better job. And basically the onus falls on the owners. Um, this was really one of the few times that I've seen Goodell quasi call out his bosses. Um, what did you think of the statement, Sean? What I mean, just everything about it. Well, it it destroys the first statement, and it makes it shows how ridiculous the NFL is because this was the conclusion everybody 
was coming to and the NFL was the last one to the party apparently and <laughs> Roger Goodell it's like we have to do a better job on diversity equity and inclusion it's like yeah no shit um you've you've been needing to do a better job since you created the Rooney rule and before that like the Rooney rule didn't fix anything I hope you know that you had white people making that decision they made terrible decisions they brought in a terrible system they didn't bring in the change that they needed to bring in so yeah I I don't care you can send out all the memos you want like it's we've been down this road before I guess the I guess the thing that I liked about it again as I mentioned it kind of put a lot of the pressure on the owners because I think that you've seen individual teams and by the teams, I mean, the GMs, the front office and stuff like that. You know, we do have more minority coaches, not just coordinators, but straight. We've seen female strength and conditioning coaches, female position coaches. Again, is it perfect? It's far from it. The first statement that the NFL put out should have been, while we do not believe that we had issues that rise to the level of a class action lawsuit. We are aware that we need to look ourselves in the mirror and basically figure out a, a better system for minority coaches and executives to get, you know, eyes put on them and to, you know, rise to the levels that they deserve. Like something like that would have been perfectly fine. A generic statement basically saying we're not as great as we should be, but we're not as terrible as he's saying we are. Whether either one is the truth, I'll let you decide. But again, like the fact that two hours later they just denied it, it was like, come on. Um, also, since our last podcast, John Elway has come out with a very strongly worded statement basically saying that, how dare you call into question his character? Um, the Giants have said, uh, new GM, former Buffalo assistant GM, uh, Joe Shane, basically said that uh, we took you know Brian Flores very seriously. We interviewed him in good faith and all this stuff. Uh, Stephen Ross came out and said that the $100,000 bribe is absolutely not true. Again, these are statements we knew were coming, but this is not going to be a fight that these powerful people are going to take lying down, which is what we talked about. We were very careful when we talked about it. These are alleged instances we don't know who has what proof, if there's proof, things of that sort, which is why it's all, again, we don't want to rehash what we talked about, but this is a, we all know the issues that the league has. Are they these exact specific things? I don't know. It, it, it's, to me, it feels like the league is going to get caught up in the Al Capone tax criminal case. Like, Everybody knew Al Capone was a racketeer, a murderer, all these things. He didn't go to jail for that. He went to jail for tax evasion, which basically the government was like, we're going to get you no matter what. And it feels like that somebody's going to get the NFL, whether it's Brian Flores, whether whoever it is, that they're going to get the NFL. It's just not going to be in the way that we think they're going to get them. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, the tax evasion was like, this is the easiest thing we can do <laughs> to get you. And we'll throw yeah. the maximum sentence at it. We'll we'll sentence you like the most ridiculous amount. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, by the way, you haven't had a job in like nine years and you're living in a mansion. Hmm, maybe we should look into that. But again, I don't want to get too sidetracked on that. Uh, we do have some other news. Oh boy, uh, players in Vegas being bad. We know players can be bad anywhere, but it, especially in Vegas. Alvin Kamara, the uh, the former All Pro, Pro Bowl, rich running back to the New Orleans Saints, 
was placed under arrest this week, Sean. Um, he was he did post bail today. Uh, he was charged with battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. Uh, reports are leaking out. Apparently, there's a video circulating social media. Uh, Kamara gave his statement to the police. And then this video was released and absolutely contradicted what Alvin Kamara said, like completely like he I'm assuming he was like, no, no, no. I was, you know, harassed and this guy was bothering me or this guy hit me or whatever. And they found the video and they're like, mm, that didn't happen at all. Like you were the one who absolutely started it and, and really, you know, hurt somebody. Um, Sean, have you seen the video? What do you think? The, again, this is really early, but I mean, different. You know, Ray Rice, domestic situation. Um, we've seen some other guys, you know, AB, uh, uh, you know, with the uh, U-Haul driver, I think two off seasons ago. Again, not the same thing, but uh, Sean, have you seen the video? And what do you think ultimately happens with Alvin Kamara? This is absolutely insane. Like what he did, it seems like way too aggressive of an action and it's just I don't think the I think he's done with the Saints for sure um after that I don't he's like it's not looking good for him to lie to the police in your statement and then for the video surveillance to show what the other guy said happened it's just like it's not a good look and especially with what he did and what his associates did, I hope everybody gets charged. Yeah. Those guys I mean, like stomped on him while he was unconscious. It was six people. Six people were originally, I believe, arrested and they were all part of his, I, I don't want to use a throw it to his group, his, you know, his inner circle, his policy, whatever you want to call. Um, yeah. This is a pretty severe, uh, this is a pretty severe case, it seems. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Um, yeah, this is not a good look. This is not a good look for the NFL at all. Uh, I kind of made a joke earlier to one of my buddies that said, if only they had done some tackling in the Pro Bowl, maybe he wouldn't have felt the need to let out so much aggression. I say that sarcastically because obviously I hope that the person who was assaulted is is okay. Um, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of instances of, of fans and interactions at stadiums, not player-related, you know, people being severely hurt or even dying. Um, yeah, I... I I don't think the Saints are in any rush to get rid of him. I, I understand what you're saying. If this ends up being like bad, bad, like jail time bad, um, you know, it, again, talent trumps everything. We, we've seen that happen. Uh, I would be surprised if the Saints cut him before anything was official. Uh, again, he's released on bond. Man, again, I, I've seen the video. I've, I've seen it's like a maybe 20 second video. Does it show everything leading up to it? No, usually never does. It, it's bad. Like, it's really, really bad, Sean. And I just, I don't want to say that his career's over because I think that's taking it a step too far. But could I see the guy not playing next year? Yeah. I could see him not playing next year, whether it's he's in jail, whether it is a suspension from the league or whether he's just cut and sits out a year. Like, I I don't know what happens, but I don't think any of it's good. Yeah, no, it's it's he's yeah, I can't see him playing next year at all. I just there needs to be some serious rehabilitation. Like, 
unless it comes like honestly i i don't even know what would be enough what would have to come out to justify what he did and I mean, especially the associates like yeah i mean there's there's rumors already somebody was saying that uh, somebody made a derogatory term about his significant other uh somebody said that they were messing with his hair i i don't again i, I understand getting frustrated and angry not to the level of what it looked like happened and Six on one, I don't care who you are, it's not a fair fight. So what that's was just the, what, what was the race of the guy who got I believe up? he was also black, but don't quote me on that. I believe if the video I saw was correct, it, he was black. So like the only thing I can think of is if like someone was being like like racist to him. Yeah, like again, I mean yeah, not that then, not that you can't well, be racist to towards somebody of, of your that. own. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. that you can't be racist towards somebody of your own, you know, ethnicity, but I'm I'm Maybe that's the case, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and I say no again. Like, that, yeah. That's for people who are a different color than us, Sean. We're, we're, <laughs> we'll let them handle the Mike McDaniel at this. Okay. Um, moving on to a little bit of news in the league. Uh, Pro Football Talk, not really a website or a, a group that I associate myself with very often, came out and basically talked about the expunging of records, uh, referencing Deflategate. If you don't remember, Deflategate was the Patriots versus the Colts in the AFC championship game about deflated footballs, you know, it caused a big rift in new England. You know, some people think that Brady got thrown on the bus. You know, of course he was going to go to the Supreme court. If, if things would have held up and fight his suspension, his four game suspension, um, the Patriots were docked a first round pick basically pro football talk goes through and, and shows all the different ways that the league railroaded the Patriots. Uh, I'm not saying this is a Patriots homer, but if you remember this in 2015, the league said that they were going to, they were going to gather uh, PSI readings, you know, pounds per square inch readings from the footballs, uh, you know, in domes, inside, outside. And basically they were going to have the smoking gun of how the New England Patriots cheated and had been cheating for years. And then the evidence never came out. And uh, <laughs> some at Pro Football Talk think this is quite interesting because you would think that if the league had hardcore evidence that a team was cheating by data from all, you know, all 31 other teams, that they would use it. And they didn't. Um, without getting into the details, Sean, what do you think of this story? Again, you're a Patriots hater, so it's all fair. Uh, what do you think of this? Is pro football talk just rehashing a story out of nothing? Is this kind of like this is the way the NFL is and kind of relates to other stories going on right now? Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. It's like this is this is the NFL's MO. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. They just cover up, like I pointed out before the show, it's like just like the Washington situation where they're like, yeah, no, that's thanks for the thanks for the update, the verbal uh, update where we're good to go. Um, that's enough of that. We're not going to do anything about it. So um, thanks for coming out. <laughs> I mean, this is like we can draw not even a straight line. We can draw like a zigzag line from the Washington football team, the Washington commanders. Uh, investigation where basically Congress now is saying that Dan Snyder has to be the one that releases the details, which is a joke. But basically, they didn't want a written report because they didn't want it in writing because it can easily be leaked. Um, we know that it's an issue. 
you and I talked about on the pod, which I haven't seen covered anywhere, that when the NFL was trying to get the Gruden lawsuit thrown out in Nevada, that they identified six other people that he exchanged emails with. Um, funny, we haven't heard any of the names of those six. Uh, so, so again, the NFL is going to get out information that they want out themselves, but it, it, it's going to be at their own time and at their own leisure. Like yeah. Chris Mortensen had the pressure readings and had them before the, the end of championship weekend. The tweet is still up, even though the readings were incorrect and out of context. The like that tweet is still up all these years later, not taken down for disinformation. Like it's an absolute joke. And again, I say this as a Patriots fan. We could also look back at Spygate. Spygate was something that multiple teams were doing. Everybody was warned not to do it. The Patriots continued to do it. Now, Goodell destroyed the tapes because he didn't want it out to how extensive this was. Um, so, again, the NFL kind of marches to the beat of their own drum, which is not surprising to hear, mind you. Let's, let's, let's not pretend sounds that this is... a lot is... like the American government. <laughs> but, uh, in our defense, it sounds like a lot of governments around the world throughout the history, Sean. So let's just not pin the flag on America here, okay? Canada's had some of their own issues. <laughs> None right now at all. <laughs> Sir, you were a liar. Um, but... But let me ask you this. What is the reasoning behind this from pro football talk? Because, again, we're talking years later. I I don't know. I guess they're just trying to maybe discredit the show, the public that the NFL, what kind of liars they are just to help maybe Brian Flores um, help his case, like throwing out proof that they're you know, to show that they're not above making things disappear. And so, (laughs) yeah, so if things start disappearing for the Brian Flores discovery, you know, this is, it's not like this hasn't happened before. Yeah, it almost seems like right now the NFL has been as vulnerable as they've ever been from a public relations standpoint, which is weird because they have a really intriguing Super Bowl matchup. It's in LA, which is a city they've always wanted to have a Super Bowl in, in a brand new stadium, all this stuff. But between the Washington investigation, which is still kind of just flying under the radar for the most part, now you have the Flores class action lawsuit. It seems like anybody who wants to take shots at the NFL, good or bad, this is their opportunity right now. It, it's like, you ever play, you ever play like one of those online games and you have like a mission where you have to defeat this big giant boss and you can't do it by yourself. But then you notice like three or four other people are shooting at it. And you're like, Ooh, Ooh, I can get in on this. Like I can, I can complete my quest because other people are helping me, even though they don't even know they're helping me. That feels kind of like what pro football talk here did. They were like, okay, we have this story. They've probably had it for a while. And now they're like, Oh, okay. NFL on your biggest week. We're going to drop it on the Monday of Super Bowl week and we're in the midst of everything else. So it, it just, it seemed ill time. Is that, is that fair? I don't think it was ill timed. I think it was greatly timed. <laughs> you do a that's podcast the NFL about the NFL and I hate want. the NFL. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the, that's the kind of news I want to see. <laughs> All right, Sean, my brain is scattered. What else did we say we were going to talk about, sir? Uh, we've got the, uh, we did the album, Kamara. 
I think that was it that we were going to get into. All right. Well, let's let's talk everything. about let's talk about a few more things here because we're not going to go. Like I said, we're going to do our kind of Super Bowl preview here later in the week. But I do want to cover a few more things going on in the league. Um, one thing we've talked about numerous times on this show is <sighs> the Pro Bowl. God, the Pro Bowl sucks. Uh, people are like, well, why don't you just not watch it? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, did you? No, not at all. Not one second. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, it's absolute garbage. It's absolute garbage. Like, I mean, when you have people like Shannon Sharp, who was a multiple-time pro bowler, you know, coming out, and he's on TV, he's a Hall of Famer, and he's like, this is unwatchable. Like, this is horrible. And then people are like, well, if you didn't have, you know, like, they don't have guaranteed contracts. He's like, if you don't want to get hit, don't play. But don't go out there. I mean, I saw the Mac Jones touchdown run. It was pathetic. Like, two guys, two-hand touched him, and then he ran 40 yards for a touchdown. It's like, that's not fun at all. <laughs> you just don't love Mac Jones at all. No, but it didn't. It didn't matter who it was. It was, it was everywhere. Like they had Stefan Diggs covering Trevon Diggs, his brother, and they had Stefan playing defense and Trevon playing wide receiver. Like it, it it's horrible. It's uh, horrible. Somewhat fun. I think it would be better if you put those into like one one off contest, like we've talked about. Like you know having a 40-yard dash of the O-linemen and defensive linemen pushing sleds. Um, you do some wide receiver drills and defensive drills, but you like do something gimmicky like this where you switch it off because you've got the NFC has to put somebody up and the AFC has to put somebody up and they put up like this. And, you know, in the flow of a game that's supposed to be taken somewhat seriously, but not really, <laughs> it just feels weird. Yeah. Uh, one event I would love to see, and I haven't seen anybody bring it up, is I would love to see linemen catch punts. I want to see <laughs> I want I want to see linemen catch punts, and for every punt that the linemen catch, they get like points for the team. Like that would be the and you can either get them off the foot of the punters or like through a jugs machine, and basically like you just angle it so like you know it starts out yeah. where it's pretty easy and it kind of just lofts in there, and then the other ones are just gonna go like up at a super stupid angle and then like the linemen have to catch it like that would actually be fun because then you're just waiting for the linemen to get one in the face that's what you're waiting for <laughs> it feels like we're just setting up drinking games <laughs> but wouldn't that be more fun than what the actual pro bowl is oh yeah like they have they have the quarterback thing where they have to go back and forth is thread the needle which mac jones won by the way where they have to like go back and forth and defenders have to stop it like do you know what i want to watch I want to watch the farthest throw competition. I love catching those on like the NFL Twitter thread where they show like Brett Farr versus Drew Bledsoe versus Jim Harbaugh versus like, you know, all these guys. Like, could you imagine Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes having a throw off for the furthest ball? Like, I mean, people are going to watch that. Like, oh, they yeah. just are. I mean, it, it's just. It, it's unwatchable. And again, there's been a lot of recommendations, a lot of great ideas, you know, but, enhancement of the skills competition different game someone was like just put flags on just literally play flag football just yeah. put them in short shorts and t-shirts or shorts and jerseys and let them play flag football yeah they did they did that where were they doing that like on boats and stuff like that i remember watching like philip rivers and company i think they used to do that like yeah mm -hmm. they well they used flag to play football. beach football yeah then, that um, was it yeah but then robert edwards the or mike edwards Mike Edwards, I believe, uh, promising running back for the Patriots actually 
almost lost his leg. He, he broke his leg in the sand and then they stopped doing it after that because yeah. he lost his career basically. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's unwatchable and it's really, really, really frustrating. Um, let me see here. One, one hiring I do want to talk about is the Green Bay Packers have hired former Raiders assistant coach and then interim coach, uh, Rich Basaccia to coach special teams. Uh, Rich Basaccia, again, we, we talked about, uh, did an incredible job with the Raiders, got them to the playoffs in the second half of the season, of course, lost to Cincinnati. Um, very well-respected throughout the league, especially as a special teams guy. I've uh, been doing it a long time. Obviously, we know the Packers have had lots of issues with special teams. Um, this is interesting because Basaccia was up for a few head coaching gigs, uh, obviously, he interviewed for the Raiders. I believe he was also maybe interviewed by the Jaguars. Again, I'm not sure. I could be wrong on that one. But how funny is it that basically the Packers have waited till 2022 after losing out on the playoffs by just horrible special teams that they finally decided to be like, you know what? We should invest in a really good special teams coach. <laughs> the young wonderkins are not doing very well with the special teams. I guess they missed that day at football coaching school. Hey guys, we have offense and we have defense. Who are those guys over there? Oh, we don't concern ourselves with those guys over there. Don't you worry about those guys. <laughs> you want to be flashy. You ever, see, you ever see super troopers? He goes, what about that guy right there? He goes, that little guy? Oh, don't worry about that little guy. <laughs> like the stray bullet off the targets, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, um, I guess one other thing I want to talk about, I just saw this on ESPN, is Roger Goodell is meeting with civil rights leaders um, on replacing the Rooney Rule. Um, oh, wow. No doubt. Well, it's... <laughs> Now, remember, the Rooney Rule was established in 2003. By the um, way, guys. By, <laughs> yes. Um, who, again, who would have it, thunk it, it you should talk to Black people and minorities about issues that concern minorities? It's a, it's a delicate thing, Sean. It's a delicate thing because when you don't have any black friends, you can't ask your black friends whether you should have black people talk about things that affect them or minorities, like you said. Um, geez, oh, man. It's, it's just, it's nuts right now. I, it's so weird because I feel like the Super Bowl is, is less than a week away. We're recording this on Monday night. Like the Super Bowl's in six days. I mean, really, by the time this goes out, it'll be five days. And it seems like everything other than the Super Bowl is the most intriguing stuff going on. I mean, obviously, the closer the game gets, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about the game and all the matchups and the things that we're excited for, because I am excited for the matchup. I really am. But it just seems, again, with the pro football stuff, with the obviously the Flores situation, stuff like that, um, I, I do want to circle back around one thing we said before we go here. In the statement from Flores' attorneys, they say that the only reason that Brian Flores was not made the head coach in Houston was because he was sued in the league. I want your opinion on this. Do you think that's true? And do you think that actually hurts his, I don't want to say hurts his case because I don't think one statement other than I'm a big fat liar uh, hurts his case. But do you think that statement is true? And do you think it affects his case or uh, affects his perception by people? 
I don't think it should affect anything. It's kind of honestly at that point, like you are suing the league. I to expect to get hired in a job and right away is a little much. Um, you <laughs> you thought you had a good shot at the Giants' job, which is a better job than the Texans. Yeah. yeah, it's you know six twelve half dozen. Yeah. Um, but it's I think to expect to get hired and like it that it was a contributing factor. I don't think it was the sole reason mm-hmm. uh, that you did it. Um, but it was pr- def I could, to say it's not a contributing factor would be lying because it's like okay, you're suing us and yeah. you want me to hire you. <laughs> like that's that's i think he should shouldn't have expected anything like he after starting the suing process i do find it a little troubling i I understand that the lawyers worded everything very carefully and they did you know absolutely saluted lovey smith for getting hired and all that but it's not like they went off somewhere and just hired like a random black coach this is this is not the david cully hiring which Mm. all the no offense to David Culley. I'm not sure a lot of people knew who David Culley was before he got the Houston Texans job. Like people know who Lovey Smith is. He was the assistant head coach last year. He's been a coach in the league. He's one coach of the year. He was on the staff last year. Now, why did it take you a month into the process to, to interview him? That's a whole other question. Maybe they did feel pressure, but the fact that they told Josh McCown that he wasn't going to be the selection and the final two candidates were Flores and Smith, I thought it was. I don't want to say uncalled for. I just thought it was a little bit of a a jab towards Lovey Smith, almost like you didn't really deserve the job. And it's like, okay, again, we'd say that players should have confidence, right? You should, absolutely should have confidence when going out on the field. Brian Flores should have confidence that he's a, mm-hmm. a high-level coach and he's proven the league. Well, so is Lovey Smith. So, again, I, I – while I understand the statement, there was just a little part of me that was like, I'm not sure that you had to do that. Like, if anything, it's kind of like we talked about. You come out, you congratulate Lovey Smith. Um, you say that, you know, it was an honor to, to be in the final two, you know, between him and Lovey. And the sad part is, is that you filled nine positions with two minority hires and you wish that the league would have done better like that that is it's fair it stays on point to the lawsuit again i just thought it was a little unnecessary of a dig towards lovey smith saying that we know we know the reason brian didn't get the job and it's like eh, maybe you're right but there's a, a chance that maybe you're wrong like <laughs> again it just felt like an unnecessary part of the statement hmm. yeah and he i think he would be a distraction. Yeah, they're going to have enough going on as it is. The thing that really worries me is we still don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's again, he has said he's not playing for the Texans. They are going to try and trade him. Where to? God only knows. But they're going to try and trade him. And I'm not sure that Lovey Smith is a guy who the Texans look at as a long-term solution. Uh, I have a fear that not necessarily one and done, because I think that's a really bad look. If you go back to back, black any coaches, I don't even care yeah. if they're black or white, but especially black head coaches and everything going on and do one and dones each time. 
But again, can I see Lovey gone in two years? Yeah. Maybe even three years. Like, he's not going to get a full, like, I shouldn't say he can't. If, if he turns the team around, if Davis Mills is the guy, or they bring a guy in, or whatever happens, that's fine. I, I just, I don't like the owner situation in Houston. Um, I just don't. <laughs> so that's a whole other thing. Um, oh, one other thing I did want to bring up before we go here. Uh, the Broncos are officially for sale. We talked about that it was a, a chance, and they said that they are absolutely for sale. Uh, they are apparently taking bids. Uh, <laughs> the price tag will be over $4 billion, which is, again, something we talked about. Um, so, yeah, kudos to us. So as, uh, as soon as the Out of Bounds family can start a GoFundMe, we can get uh, enough money raised, then uh, let's put in a bid. Let's try and get this thing done. <laughs> What, you're, you're against this, Sean? You don't like the idea of owning a team? Uh, hopefully we're not involved with John Elway. <laughs> uh, John can come back for Old Timers Day. That's the only time John can come back. Uh, Sean, unless there's anything else, I really don't have anything else for you, sir. No, no, I think we can. We should save your voice for Wednesday. <laughs> we definitely need to save my voice for Wednesday. It's been a long day. It has been a very long day. Uh, thank you, everybody. Again, we have our Super Bowl preview coming up uh, this week, so don't miss that. Uh, I'm Joe McDonald. That's Sean Lawler. This is the Out of Bounds podcast. Out of Bounds with the Z. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. A brand new episode of Charity Strength Commentary with Sean, Marcus, and Trey uh, breaking down all the comings and goings in the NBA. Uh, also find them on the Hoop Social Podcast Network. Um, Go check me out on, uh, it's no longer called Hoosier Huddle. We were uh, told that there's a very popular YouTube channel by the name of Hoosier Huddle, so we had to uh, change it. So uh, <laughs> we're in the, the process of a name change, but go find that uh, under the Hoosier Huddle uh, podcast. Right now, we're, like I said, I'm getting all the train, changing things up, but uh, go definitely check that out. Um, Man, I mean, just getting ready for the Super Bowl. Again, I, I've got all kinds of stuff I want to talk about. Can we talk about it later in the week? Uh, Sean, be safe, man. Uh, everybody, take care. Uh, remember, it's okay to not be okay, and we will talk to you later. I promise I'll sound better. Peace.
Hey friends, if you're like me, when you know you're going to have to talk a lot, you want to make sure that your voice is cleared and cool. That's when I grab a fisherman friends, preferably cherry. You may be asking, what's a fisherman friends? They're actually called fisherman's friend and they are throat lozenges when you're feeling congested. Why do you call them fisherman friends? You may ask. Well, sometimes we have idiosyncratic phrases, eh? So grab me a package of Fisherman's Friend the next time you see them, because President's Choice seems to be boycotting them again.